Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Look in your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 3. <clears throat> I made a little bit of a mistake this morning when, when they got to the part, he's our rescuer, hey! You know, I screamed a couple times and then I realized, wait a minute, I almost lost it for the rest of the sermon, so I had to dial it back a little bit, but I, I, I do love, uh, you know, we shout for everything. I mean, I mean we kind of get on to our kids, maybe, and we, hey, don't do that, you know? Uh, why can't we say, Praise the Lord. You know, why can't we shout and praise his name? And uh, so that's, that's fun to do that. I just got to pace myself a little better. Um, so we're in Acts chapter 3 this morning. Acts chapter 3. And, and last week was, was Pentecost and we, we celebrated uh, the, the historical event. Don't actually know the exact date, but we celebrated uh, the, the event where Jesus told the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait uh, for the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and they were endued with power. Uh, I did make a mistake, and, um, and though I caught it, no one else caught it for me, so uh, I don't know if that's a good thing. It's still my mistake, so I own it. So anyway, I don't know. Uh, but as I was preaching, I said that Peter's first sermon, 5,000 people came to know the Lord. It was actually three, and so if you caught that, um, thank you for not embarrassing me in public. Um, but yeah, I caught that. I was like, you know what? I think that number's wrong. But either way, it would have been awesome to preach my first sermon and, and 3,000 people would have come to know the Lord. I think it was more like my first sermon was five minutes long. But you know, it was, you, know, you, you kind of get better as time goes on. But, but the scripture says Peter wasn't really called. At first, his calling was a fisherman. He probably barked out a few orders, throw the nets over there. Hey, guys, bail the water here. But he really wasn't a trained speaker. He, he, that wasn't his, his forte. That wasn't his background. But Jesus trained him and the disciples for three and a half years. But there was still something that else that was needed. And that something else was the power through the Holy Spirit. And so last week we looked at how the, how the Holy Spirit came upon the church and, and they became witnesses to many different groups who were there in Jerusalem who had, were converts to Judaism and they were there at the temple worshiping and they heard the gospel. They heard the good news about Jesus in their own languages. And, and so the church is starting to take off at this moment. And, and so we're going to pick up the story in, in Acts chapter 3 and this is really one of my, really one of my uh, top ten probably in the New Testament. And, and, uh, but um, the, the scripture goes like this. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. And I think maybe if you've got a different version, it might say something like the, the second watch or the third watch. Uh, but it was around three o'clock. And it says, as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. And each, each day he was put beside the temple gate one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. And then walking, leaping and praising God. And, and he went into the temple with him. 
And, and all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. And they were all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. So, so we're seeing something different is starting to happen in the church. Not only did, did this miraculous event take place in, in Acts chapter 2, and they started speaking in these, these languages that were heard by, by all of the people there in Jerusalem, instantaneously the church had witnesses that could go back to their towns and, and they could speak in their own languages to what God had done through Jesus Christ. And specifically, what had happened that, that Jesus came, Emmanuel, God with us, came in the flesh and he died, was crucified and risen again. And then he ascended where he sits at the right hand of God the Father. And, and, and so this message was communicated to all of these, these language groups and it went out and the church was growing but other things were happening. The church was meeting together. The book of Acts says at the very in the last part of chapter 2, it says they were meeting together in each other's homes. They were, they were constantly at the temple. Now, you see, the temple would have been their structural place where they would have gathered. Uh, going back, it wouldn't have been the exact temple. It would have been the, the rebuilt temple. But Solomon had built a temple in the Old Testament. And prior to that, Moses was, was leading the people out of, out of Egypt and into Israel. And they erected a tabernacle. And it was the place of meeting. And, and so, so what we're seeing here is that the, the church was together. Things were happening. But it was only the beginning. But there was something different that was taking place. Um, the scripture says that on one day, one particular day, Peter and John, they're going to the temple. They're going to the temple, and, and as they approach the temple, this man who was begging does what he has been doing for a while. It says that people would actually take him and sit him there at, in front of the beautiful gate that it was titled, and, and then he would beg for people who would pass by who were going into the temple. But it says on this particular day, Peter and John pass by and he asks them for some money. And this is the part I put in, put in, in bold letters for you to see if you've got a, a note-taking guide. We, we try to provide one of these every week. But if you're just following along in your Bibles, it's, it's Acts chapter 3, verse 4. It says, Peter and John looked at him intently. And, 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 and I want you to jump over now to Acts chapter 246. I've, I have that there in your notes as well. But every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. It says every day the disciples were at the temple. Every day. What was different that day? What was so different on that occasion? Every day, it, based on what I'm reading here, Peter and John had gone to the temple. And, and then if you read the passage that read earlier, every day this man was begging at the temple, okay? So it, it doesn't mean that necessarily Peter and John knew the guy's name, and we don't know how many countless hundreds and possibly thousands were, were going through and, and taking these, these pilgrimages to, to, to the temple and, and worshiping God. Um, but if this guy was there every day, Imagine when you're going down the road and, and you've seen people who are on, on different corners of the streets and they're, they're begging. You might not know their name, but you recognize their faces almost every day because you come to that stoplight. Now, occasionally there's some change and some change over and, and people migrate to other corners of the city. But, but you and I, we've seen people who are on the street corners begging and, and we recognize the same faces over and over. We see them. 
So, so I don't know exactly what's, what's taking place. Don't know that if John and Peter and John had walked past him on other occasions or they had come in through a different entrance. Not, not really sure. But I like what's happening here. Look, look what it says. It says, Peter and John, he's asking for money and they just look at him. They look at him and they stare at him intently. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're with a friend of yours and, 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 or your spouse or, or someone who really knows you well and you know them well and, and you see something that's bizarre or you see something that's just that's not quite right or funny and maybe you don't want to laugh because it's in public and, but you're still thinking it's the same thing as funny and you look over at your friend and you're like, you know, you make a little face, right? Or you're like, you're thinking the same thing. You don't want to say it, um, but you, you kind of get it, Right? Look, it says they looked at him intently. They sense something is going on. What we're, what we're seeing here is they're seeing this guy in the, in the light of a new revelation. They realize that God is starting to do or wants to do something. Something is different. On this day, something is going to be different when this man's life. And in, in the case of Peter and John, they're seeing him differently. Maybe they're seeing him for the first time. Sometimes you and I pass by problems all day long. We pass by different people. We pass by people who are struggling. Maybe we don't even recognize they're hurting. But when the Holy Spirit starts to move, we start to have new eyes as well. And the scripture says they look at him intently. I'm not sure what the Spirit was whispering in their hearts, but it's as if they both got it at the same time, that God was about to do something. That, that God was about to pour out his spirit on this man and do something amazing. You see, when God's about to do something different, it's not always recognizable by everyone else. I've, um, I've been in situations where people have asked me, hey, pastor, do you notice anything different? My first thought is, it's got to be the hair. I mean, that's the first place people say when they say, hey, and then they'll say, no, look at my new shoes. I'm like, well, I didn't think to go there. You know, and that's always a loaded question. Uh, hey, do you notice anything different? I'm thinking, if, I'm, if I guess and I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, I mean, there's no way I can win on this. I'm just going to. I'm just going to say, no, you know, I'm just going to be the guy who doesn't get it, right? Um, but, but what were they sensing? What was happening? The Spirit was speaking to both Peter and John that something was going to take place. So Peter in boldness says, look at us. Now, I think that's an interesting, an interesting expression. The guy's begging for money. Wouldn't he be looking at everyone? Not necessarily. Have, have you ever seen someone who's, who's just down and out and they're begging? Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll be positioned in a place. They'll hold out their hand and they won't even make eye contact. They won't make eye contact. They'll just They'll be in this position of begging and maybe they've stared at faces all day long and no one's seen them, really seen them. No one's really looked into their soul and, and we pass them by and so, so maybe they don't even look. I was, I was driving down the other day and, and I saw a man who had a cardboard sign as typically happens, but he had some choice uh, curse words on his and he said, and he wrote these things and I'm not gonna say that because we wouldn't want that to be broadcast all over the place, but he wrote a few things and he said, he said, I knew you weren't going to stop anyway. I'm like, oh. you know, and he's, that's what he was trying to get. He was trying to elicit that idea of, um, of guilt. But, uh, but was the guy even looking at Peter and John, or did he say, just, did he have his hand out just asking for something? Peter says, look at us. Really look at us. I think that's, that's a fascinating line here. 
So the, the lame man looked at them eagerly, but then his mind turns to the natural thought of, oh, I'm going to get something out of these guys. It's, it's normal. He's in survival mode. Um, he, he can't walk. He, he needs help. And, and Peter says this. He says, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but what I have, but I'll give you what I have. I remember growing up in, in Sunday school, and I remembered it a little different way. It was through the old King James. It was silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. I remember that. All these years later, that has stuck with me. This passage, this, this idea that, that Peter says, we don't have what you're looking for, but we have what you're not looking for, and it's a whole lot better. And, and, and so that, that concept of, you know, sometimes people with their, with their physical eyes are looking for physical solutions. But Peter and John are now starting to see things through spiritual eyes. What's different about the, the church as it's starting off here in the book of Acts is no longer is Jesus walking with them and pointing out things to them. See, the disciples often would get into trouble because they would make their own, come to their own conclusions on cert, certain situations, and Jesus would say, no, that's not faith. That's not really the heart of the kingdom of God. And so he would correct them. Well, well now we have the Holy Spirit now moving inside of them and teaching them and guiding them and leading them and giving them eyes to see things differently, giving them eyes to see, see different problems and seeing the solutions, and giving them eyes to see that that you don't always have to have the monetary things necessary uh, to be part of what God is about. And, and so he says to, to this man, he says, I don't have any resource. I don't have silver and I don't have any gold. I don't have any money to give you. But what I have, I give you. And so the guy's thinking, well, what could it be? I mean, can you imagine? He's already, they're, they're engaging him in a conversation. He's now expecting something. And, and Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. How many years do you think he had been like this? How long do you think he had been thinking, this is how I'm going to be for the rest of my life? See, what's different about the church here in the book of Acts is the Holy Spirit is now moving and empowering them to be part of, of change. Everything is different. Lives are going to be changed. And so Peter offers him Jesus offers him Jesus. You know, there are, going to be, there are going to be times that you're going to have friends that are going to come to you for advice. You're going to have, they're going to have people come into your lives and they're going to recognize that you're a believer and they're going to want you to, to help them. And you know, there are going to be moments when all you can offer them is Jesus. You might not have everything else you need or that, that they need or they think they need, but if you have Jesus, it's the name of Jesus that that truthfully every, every tongue will confess and bow down and worship. But look what happens in verse 7. It says, Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles instantly healed and strengthened. Okay, his, his body wasn't healed just, just after he said in the name of Jesus or, or maybe the process was starting, but there was still this effort of faith that was needed both on Peter's part and also the man. Well, the man didn't have really much faith. So Peter and John were going to have to be the faith for him. Much like the story where Jesus was confronted by a paralytic who was lowered down by his four friends, if you remember the story in the Gospels. It was the faith of the four friends that, that healed him. Their faith and their, their faith in Jesus was what led to his healing. 
The scripture says that Peter reaches down and lifts him up. I, I was watching a game the other day, and it was, it was probably a team you don't like and I don't really care necessarily about, but there was this big tall guy who fell down. And, and he fell down because his shoe popped off. And, and so he's, he's there, and his friends were going to help pick him up, but they're like, no, he's got to put on his shoe. So they walked away. He puts his shoe on, and he's looking around like, who's going to help me up now? And, you know, at, at 49, it's sometimes hard for me to get up when I'm on the ground. Can you imagine a guy who's seven foot tall? And, and he laughs, and he kind of rolls over and gets up, and, and it, was kind of, it was kind of comical. He wasn't mad at his friends, but, but he needed a little help. Peter says, in the name of Jesus, this is what I have. I give it to you. Stand up and walk. He says, get up and walk. But then he reaches down his hand and helps him up. You see, what's happening in the church, what's different is, it's not only, hey, brother, I'm going to pray for you, but hey, let me help you up as well. And so Peter reaches down. He grabs him by the hand. He helps him up. And as he does, here's where the faith now leads to the physical change. He starts, his feet and his ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. The scripture says he even jumps up, stood to his feet, and began to walk. And then when he realized he could walk for the first time, he started leaping. Now, have you ever seen a grown man leap? I mean, I, maybe playground, you remember, maybe saw, maybe the girl skipping around the playground or something, but a grown man leaping? I mean, you know, I, I remember years ago, I was, my favorite football player was Herschel Walker. And, and he was a great running back for the Cowboys, and then he got traded for like 10 million people, and they brought him over to the Cowboys. He went to Minnesota, and his career kind of faded a little bit. But I remember this guy would do ballet during, during the offseason. And I remember watching Herschel Walker leaping around the stage, and I'm like, okay. You know, but he was in great shape. I mean, we, look at the undignified way in which this guy jumps around. I mean, most of the time, you're not going to catch any of us leaping around, Right? Oh, maybe leaping for a fly ball, but we just don't leap, do we? We're pretty much grounded most of the time. This guy doesn't care. Something is different about this man. He can now walk. He can run. He can jump. He can praise the Lord. See, something different is taking place because the Spirit of God is now moving in the church in a new and a powerful way. Verse 9 says, All the people who saw him walking and heard him praising God when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. And they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Here he had been unable to walk. In fact, people had had to leave him at a certain spot every day to beg just for, so he could survive and he could, he could just get by. And now he's, he's hanging on to Peter and John. I don't know how many of you have ever been hugged by a stranger in public. That's kind of weird, right? A little awkward. Uh, sometimes it's even awkward when out of the blue someone hugs you who you do know, right? That can be a little awkward, especially if you're not a hugger. But here this strange man is now hugging Peter and John, and, and I'm sure they're not like, get away from me. No, no. They're just as happy because they saw a guy get healed. The church is now being given the tools to be the church. Jesus says, I promise to go with you. I'll be with you to the end of the age. Now we're seeing it carried out. What's different is the Holy Spirit is giving power to the church. Jesus is fulfilling his promise. People are excited. People are coming to know the Lord. 
people are being changed. The man wanted something physical from, from Peter and John. They, he wanted gold. He wanted silver. He wanted money. But Peter recognized that he had something even more powerful, more substantial, more valuable to give to him. He had Jesus. See, there was a story in the New Testament that the disciples, Peter, lived out. It was the feeding of the 5,000, and it was, it was the moment when, when Jesus had been teaching the crowds, and they were getting hungry, and the disciples recognized they were getting hungry, and there was no place to feed them. There wasn't money to feed them. And, and Jesus was asked, or Jesus asked the disciples, well, is there anything here we can give them? And so Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, says, well, there is this boy here who has five loaves of, of fish, five loaves of barley and two fish. But what are they for so many? See, Jesus then took that little offering from that boy and he broke it and he fed the 5,000 men and then that didn't even count the women and the children that day. The disciples had lived that out, but they had doubted in that moment. And now they're at this new season where this man, his needs are just as big as 5,000 people who are hungry. This was a man who was a paralytic. This was a man who couldn't walk. This was something that was so far out of the realm of the natural, but yet here their faith was strengthened through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you if you just bow your heads for a moment. And I want to ask a question. What's different about you since you came to know Jesus? What's different about me? What's different about us? What should be different about the church? Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and, and I want you to just think about this verse with your eyes closed as you're meditating on it. Paul said this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Peter said to the lame man on that day, he says, we don't have what you're looking for, but we have what you're not looking for. At the name of Jesus. That's what's different. That's what should be different about the church. Lord, we thank you today for, for your promises. We, we thank you that you promised that the church would, would be your witness in the world and the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. Lord, there are times we look around and it seems like hell and the forces of the enemy are gaining ground. But I believe you want the church to stand up. You want us to stand up in the, in the name of Jesus and, and confront these evils and to stand up and, and to be light and, and hope to a dark world. Paul said, we have these treasures, we have this treasure in jars of clay. We are fragile. Our bodies, our lives are short. We have a very short lifespan in comparison to eternity. In a blink of the eye, our lives pass before us. Lord, we're fragile, we're weak, we're prone to, to go in our own way. But you've laid on us this gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you give us eyes to see the people who are suffering and, in, and having problems? Would you give us eyes to recognize where you're at work so we can join you at what you're doing and what you want to accomplish? Your word says when we are weak, you are strong. 
Lord, would you make your church strong today? Would you make your church strong throughout this next week? Lord, would there be something different about your church? Would we be walking and being led by the Holy Spirit? We pray it in Jesus' name. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church. Thank you.